Let's talk about debt, baby. Let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about all the good things and the bad things that may be. Let's talk about debt. Well, we're back again this week with another amazing guest, someone who I have personally invited to come on to share their journey with debt. Here we are at the beginning of the year, and for so many, we've set these lofty goals of, I'm going to get in shape or I'm going to get out of debt, but we really don't even know where to start. And so I could not be more honored and excited to have Michelle with us today to share her journey with reaching out to me, setting a clarity call, and getting on her path to financial freedom in 2023, because I know it's going to encourage so many of you watching who may be hesitant or just think, what what can she do anyway? So thank you so much for being here today, Michelle. Hi. Thank you you? for inviting me. I'm excited. This is actually the first time we formally met. Yeah, I um, was a Jackie client. I still am a Jackie client, actually, for a long time. Yeah, major um, shopaholic, which is probably a lot of the reason why I'm talking to you. (laughs) (laughs) So this is Ryan, my husband, who's also my podcast um, on-air sidekick, which is great to do (laughs) life with. But... And I know I was excited for you to meet her too. When did you, if you can remember, what month specifically did you reach out to me and set that call? It was, um, I think it was uh, September. It's September of 2023. Okay. Yeah. So we had just launched Life After Debt. Mm-hmm. And what did you feel prompted you to do that? So uh, I follow Sable um, on Instagram and she had shared the Life After Debt podcast and she was my Jackie stylist before she went off and was enjoying motherhood yeah. and her <laughs> cute little daughter. Um, and I was just like, Oh, this is interesting. I listen to a ton of podcasts. So I listened to one of them and it was just basically like you talking about what the point of the show was and your whole kind of other business that you have and this other part that you do. Mm-hmm. And I'd only known you as like running Jackie. So I was like, Oh, this is really <laughs> interesting. Um, and I listened to the first couple episodes and then you kept like referring to clarity calls and I was just like neck deep in debt at that point and still kind of am, but, um, it's a little bit better now, but, um, I just was like, well, I'll just reach out and see what she can say because I just grew up in a family where like my mom is very, um, comfortable with having a lot of debt. Mm. And if I talk to her about it, then she's like, Oh, it's fine. You know, kind of like, it's no big deal. And I knew that for me, I wasn't like comfortable living like that. So, um, that's when I just reached out and contacted you. Wow. That's really interesting. Uh, you know, you have two different women experiencing the same thing. Okay. Your mom, carrying this debt load, um, which she is somehow able to compartmentalize and not internalize, at least on the exterior, right? She doesn't exhibit, she doesn't exhibit that that's a weight. And then you immediately felt like, hold on a minute, this isn't working for me. What, how did this debt load manifest in your life? Um, Especially what, how did it manifest negatively? What impact did it have? Yeah. So I think part of it, um, I'll kind of back up. So I'm an attorney and I went to law school at 21. Wow. And when I did that, I took out three years of private school debt 
So I went to Baylor um, and it was about 82 grand a year. And I had a scholarship, but that's like, you know, I had like a one third scholarship or something. So that's still a lot of money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I took out in loans and certain type of loans that I had were like the grad plus loans. So they continuously accrued interest um, throughout while I was still in school. So while I'm like studying and trying to become a lawyer, I'm Mm -hmm. accruing debt before I'm even like passing the bar or even studying for the bar. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I graduated and it was COVID. So then I had all that deferment. And honestly, that kind of saved me. I think it would have been like half a million dollars in debt just based on like the accruing interest for the last three and a half years if I didn't have that. Um, Because when I first graduated law school, I wasn't on an income where I could really pay like good chunks off to kind of beat the interest. Mm. Um, And then it wasn't until about a year and a half ago where I started making the kind of money that I'm making now, which is about um, $275,000 a year. So then all of a sudden I come into that huge income Mm -hmm. and I'm like, I don't have any student loans to like party, you know, not party, not <laughs> spending, party, spending party. Yeah. I'm like, okay, cool. Like this isn't technically a bill. Like would it have been smarter to pay it off? Yes. Um, but I wasn't like, there's really no reason other than I didn't have anybody pushing me telling me I should. And then the student loan debt, um, is like that big chunk that's there. And then this time last year, I had issues at my apartment and decided that I wanted to save money for a house. So this time last year was like my first time where I was like, okay, I'm really needing to like get out of renting and living in uptown Dallas, paying four grand a month in rent, just so it sound like long-term, like it's feasible. So I, I, you know, talked with actually a financial advisor and he was like, well, which one is your priority paying off the debt or getting into a house? And I was like, (laughs) Probably getting into a house, which, you know, talking to you guys, you're probably like, that maybe wasn't smart. But that's the decision that I made. Um, and then doing that, I realized also was kind of part of a, an escape to get out of Uptown Dallas because I had just gotten out of an abusive relationship in 2022. And 2023 was really, I think, a lot of me trying to build this new life mm-hmm. um, on my own, which was really empowering, but also like I've stretched myself really thin. So that's where all my kind of debt ballooning came mm-hmm. from. Um, and it just became in September um, after I closed and kind of bought all the furniture and everything. I was just like, I can't keep up with this monster I just created. Like can't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, you know, everything that you said, I can so feel it as you're saying it. Mm-hmm. And there, but there's a couple things that you said that actually this will be a great topic too for you, Ryan, is being in a situation where it's like, okay, do I pay off my debt or do I buy a home? Mm-hmm. And I know for most people, they wait till everything's perfect before they go buy a home. But mm-hmm. what they don't realize is actually your home is a great asset, mm-hmm. right? It's a great investment. So I would actually think, I may be guessing, but I would think that Ryan would agree with me that purchasing a home, even in the midst of all of that, because you were capable of doing so, was a very good idea in lieu of renting and throwing $4,000. You might as well flush it down the toilet every month, right? At least you have this asset now to your name, even though you decided, hey, I'm not going to deal with the debt. I'm going to wait till a later date, which you are. Um, What it afforded you was to be able to purchase a home, which Mm -hmm. is a great 
great thing. Yeah. And I do love my home. So it is nice. It's nice to go somewhere where it's like mine, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, I read a startling statistic that this year in 2024, we're entering the year with $1.08 trillion of credit card debt, which is up 3.1% from last year as a country. Mm -hmm. And so I think for most people listening to our podcast and watching, they're hesitant to book that clarity call because it's like so much shame and guilt. And I can hear it even in with you sharing. Like it's like these dirty little secrets that yeah. we carry, right? And it manifests itself in physically, emotionally. It consumes our thoughts. I mean, how how much of the day would you spend thinking about your debt prior to having a solution? Um, oh my gosh. I mean, like I had like the Capital One alerts coming up on all my cards. Mm-hmm. Like I hadn't missed a payment at the time, but I knew it was like getting close mm-hmm. and where it was just kind of like that impending doom of like, at some point, you're not going to be able to pay all of this. Mm-hmm. Um, and to make matters even worse, I had even taken out a $10,000 loan um, in July to try to kind of like consolidate it. And that didn't work. I did not do it properly because mm-hmm. then it was just like, well, now you know, owe even more money. <laughs> um, so I just kept kind of like doing mm-hmm. things like on my own thinking, like I can just figure it out and I make plenty of income so I can just you know, get myself out of this. Mm -hmm. But I think even just having the call and then being able to work with the debt program that I'm working with, um, allowed me to like not think about a lot of those accounts Mm -hmm. to where, okay, those are kind of taken care of. And I know what's happening with those. Now I can focus on these other ones and I know what I need to do to like get ahead on those. So like my student loans, you know, like I know what I need to do and I have a plan for that. So it kind of has definitely eased the mental load of of what am I going to do about all of this stuff and I'm not doing anything about anything because I'm just waiting for it to go away and it's not going away. <laughs> yeah. Just the power of making a decision to act um, is so freeing. Uh, you know, when we, we stay in a zone of analysis paralysis of, oh my gosh, there's no solution. And you said something that was really powerful, you know, um, that a lot of people think that maybe a solution to a debt problem is taking on more debt to solve a debt problem, you know? And uh, I I believe that really attacking debt head on and um, paying it off uh, is the better solution versus taking out a loan to, uh, you know, satisfy loans. So uh, I believe you made a great decision when you, um, you know, talked to Amber and said, no, I'm going to start taking this head on and actually going to pay the debt off for less than I owe. And back to the house, um, I, I agree with Amber. I think that, you know, um, not everyone's in a position to buy a house when you carry a head, heavy debt load, but you have yeah. good income. Um, but now that house is going to work for you as it appreciates and actually will um, build, build um, you know, equity which is paper wealth, and you'll be able to leverage that at some point to retire debt. So um, that, that to me was a good move. Absolutely. And I think too, you know, so many people think that, oh, well, she's an attorney. She can't have that much debt or, which by the way, I mean, kudos to you for doing what it takes to get yourself to today, what you've accomplished for yourself, you've really set yourself up for the future. Mm-hmm. And so I don't I don't take that lightly. You know, you put a lot on the line as an individual and put risk, what I call it, you're, you're high risk, right? You're like risk yeah. taker as far as 
hey, I'm going to take out all this student loan because I know what the end result's going to be if I graduate. Mm-hmm. You did it. Yeah. So congratulations to you on that. And I know that your story's going to inspire so many people because they think they're the only one or they think, well, nobody can know I have debt. I'm a successful doctor. Or I'm a, you know, we've had financial planners on here mm-hmm. who they're telling everybody else how to spend their money and save it, but yet they're sitting with credit card debt. It doesn't discriminate. We yeah. all have had it at one point in our lives. And so I'm just so grateful that you actually were vulnerable enough to share because I think mm-hmm. it's going to inspire a lot of people. So now here you are in the debt settlement program. You're going through, you're doing the work. Um, what does that feel like? Like, do you feel a sense of relief? Yeah, I do. I think um, what I was doing before, I felt so like chaotic and just like basically paycheck to paycheck, even though, I mean, it's absurd how much money goes into my account and then it goes out. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And like, where does all that money go? Like I lived on student loans and I was, you know, broke college and a lot of law student for uh, seven years of my life. And then I get income and it's like in and out the door. Um, and it was like, so like frustrating and like, honestly, like a little defeating because there's been times where I've thought about and considered like asking like my sister, like, Hey, like, I'm not gonna be able to make this bill. And I make like five times more than her. Mm. And that's not an exaggeration. And I'm like, well, this just doesn't make sense. Like Mm -hmm. I need to do something different. And now, um, I want to share a couple like wins that I had prepared to share with you guys. Um, So I have uh, my debt that's covered in the debt program. So I hadn't been really focusing on those, but when I was saving for my down payment, um, I mean, focusing on those, meaning like I know what I'm doing with Mm -hmm. that. So these are separate wins. Yeah. Um, So when I was saving for my house, like I needed cash flow and um, everything for my, my down payment. So silly me. Um, I had asked my mom if I could use them for credit cards. And my mom being a nice supporting mother that she is, is like, sure, sure, honey. <laughs> well, so, then, so then I use her credit cards and I'm paying like my rent. I'm paying like basically anything else, like other than like what I needed to physically get into the house because interest rates were rising. Like I was like, uh oh, this is like getting tight. And I'd already gone under contract. I didn't want to lose the earnest money. And it kind of got like to, you know, rough, rough place. And there have been other times in uh, prior months where she had let me put like bigger purchases on it too, like furniture and stuff like that, like multiple, like thousands of dollars of purchases. So um, that was not covered by the debt program because it was in my mom's name and she didn't want to enroll her stuff, even though maybe she should have. (laughs) Um, But uh I paid off $25,000 of her credit card debt. That's awesome. That's amazing. And it's, I mean, it's her her debt in her name, but it's mine. It's mm-hmm. my purchases. Mm-hmm. And so um, making that payment and like, I paid it with my bonus that I got um, this December. And uh, I paid off, I basically used almost half of my bonus to pay just off debt. Like, How good that did that debt. feel? It felt really good. I was like, okay. (laughs) I don't have to get her screenshots of her Capital One, like reminders of the payment, like anymore, like I'm done. Um, And then I also was able to put $10,000 into a different savings account and just have that there as like Mm -hmm. a little backup kind of like nugget. Um, And I just started like 
kind of creating different parts of or patterns in my life that will allow me to have more of a backup plan mm-hmm. instead of just like I shouldn't be living paycheck to paycheck when I'm making like fifteen thousand dollars net income a month. Like mm-hmm. that's absurd. So I started just making little cuts here and there to figure out like how can I keep just like shoveling money elsewhere mm-hmm. and like making bigger payments on my student loans because that will help me in the future. Um, yeah. That's so good. It had to feel so good. And what an example to your mom too, to see mm-hmm. you kind of break the pattern of what she's lived her whole life and take responsibility yeah. for the debt that you borrowed. I can't imagine how it made her feel. You know, when I first met Ryan, I can remember I did not understand what the word save meant because I live paycheck to paycheck. I was a single mom. I was always struggling. And as soon as he taught me the power of savings, and I say he taught me because I can remember, I felt like I got a lesson in the car every day on the way to the mortgage company. (laughs) He would give me some tip. And as soon as I wrapped my brain around how exciting it was to save and watch your money compound, it was like I took it on like no one's business. I was obsessed yeah. with it. Like a game, right? Yeah. yeah. And so to you, I can see that that's going to start happening. You've already started the process. You're setting aside savings. You'll look at high-yield savings accounts to yield you more income on your money. And mm-hmm. it's when you start to get your money to work for you that you, in essence, flip your script, which is what I try to yeah. explain to people. But most people can't even get out of the woods enough. You're fortunate to have the income you do. But can you just imagine for a lot of people listening to this, they're thinking she gets $15,000 a month and she can't afford to live. But the truth is, I talked to someone this morning, they make $140,000 a year, but guess what? They spend Mm -hmm. $145,000 a year. Mm -hmm. They're broke. And I think that's the hardest part for people is to get to the place where you just sat and shared and said, okay, the end, I'm done. Something's changing. I'm going to start to build a savings account. I'm paying off my mom's debt. Like the next time you get a bonus and you have no debt to pay, mm-hmm. like what is that going to look like for you? Uh, I mean, I literally dream about being debt free. Like I will mm-hmm. ball my eyes out <laughs> when that happens because it will happen at some point. Um, and uh, like I'll be in my early 30s and I'll be debt free and I'll be making six figures and have mm-hmm. a house and a car and, you know, be on like great footing. And that's like what I had told myself when I was 21, when I enrolled in law school and signed myself up for this heaping pile of debt and like compounded it on top of that. Um, I like to bet on myself. That's what I told myself. I'm like, I bet on myself awesome. and I basically leveraged myself and my abilities. And like knowing that I felt like God had me in this profession, like took that chance and I'm just like very excited to get on like the mm-hmm. the other side the of, other side. <laughs> of it mm-hmm. um, when all the work has paid off and I'm living the life that I um, knew that you know I wanted and also not carrying around a bunch of debt with me and I think with like if people are listening like wow she has so much income it's also really hard because I have like the golden handcuffs that's what they call it in my profession it might be other professions too but we get paid a lot of money and it is very hard to like spend that wisely when mm-hmm. everybody else around you is spending it crazy too. Mm-hmm. It's like a race of like how frivolous can you spend your money? Mm-hmm. 
And it's like a competition. Like it's the whole like consumerism of, mm-hmm. oh, you have a Mercedes? Well, I have a Porsche. And like, you got a Louis? Well, I got a Prada. Like it's just, <laughs> that's how it is. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you can't tell yourself that you wouldn't do the same because like you totally would. Totally. It's just like, you Right. <laughs> so you said something earlier that I cannot stop thinking about. And um it I believe it was when you were making the decision about uh whether to buy a house or deal with the debt. Mm-hmm. And you said I didn't have anybody to talk to or ask. And even even before when you were taking out those student loans, it doesn't mm-hmm. sound like me to me you had anyone to ask. And yeah. so you've been doing this all by yourself and you've been making these decisions by yourself. And the light it just shined to me was the importance of a financial mentor. Yeah. You know, to have someone that's speaking life over your financial situation. And you reached out to that financial advisor. And even then, the the financial advisor like which one do you want to deal with? And you're like hold on that's why I'm here will you tell me what to do <laughs> and it's really really valuable maybe invaluable to have someone that's speaking life over your situation not just that has an opinion but it has a track record mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and I can speak from experience that having mentors in my life uh, of of financial mentors that could tell me the pitfalls and the wins they had. And when I'm facing situations, to have someone to call and to have someone to run something by is invaluable. So, you know, one of the things you came in our ecosystem here now, and now you have that, you know, you have that, you have someone, you reached out and said, I need some guidance. And that mentorship is a big piece of this that I don't think that as a society, we put a lot of value on mentorship Mm -hmm. anymore. And so I commend you for, doing the hardest thing, which is just saying, hey, I need help. Like, I haven't been here before, and I don't really know which direction to go. And so, I agree with you, and I stand in agreement with you that there is a brighter future coming, and Mm -hmm. like, you are giving me hope. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) And uh, I I can testify that I've been in seasons where I've had a ton of debt, and my debt kind of ebbs and flows, right, based on what I'm doing, what I'm building, what I'm involved in. And um, there is not a better feeling that I experience financially. Making a million dollars does not feel as good to me as paying off 200000 Seeing yeah. a balance go to zero is way more empowering and freeing because mm-hmm. it's, it's something about the weight of debt, mm-hmm. you know? And that's what I heard you say. It's mm-hmm. the weight of it. And then yeah. now you're feeling free because, hey, I've got a path forward with that. So... I, I'm just, I'm just like my heart's so full mm-hmm. because you know that making that transition, I can see a weight taken off of you. Yeah, yeah. and like it's, it's been fun too because well, not I say fun, it's been so fun. <laughs> it hasn't been that fun, but um, but it feels better now too because like I think part of my personality and I guess like personal brand kind of thing has been like I'm this like shopper, like I love spending a lot of money, whatever. And then recently, like on like my Instagram, I did like a New Year's Day like closet clean out and I got rid of so much stuff. And I've started a rule for myself. Okay, if I'm gonna buy something new, like I'm gonna replace something. Like I'm not gonna just pile stuff on just to pile it on because I'm realizing that I spent money as like a comfort. Like it was like, oh, I have this asset, I have this cash. Mm -hmm. 
Like I can make myself feel better with Mm -hmm. this ridiculous purchase and at least tell myself, well, at least I'm a lawyer and can spend money. Like, no, that doesn't make any sense. Like Mm -hmm. I'm literally digging myself a hole. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It doesn't matter how much money you make. Um, But I even told my boyfriend um, that I'm not using credit cards anymore. So So awesome. When we talk about planning trips and stuff and like, um, I'm not, he's not going to listen to this podcast, but um, well, maybe, but um, this weekend (laughs) we're going to look at engagement rings. And so we've been talking about like, finances and stuff like that and um i've told him like i'm not using credit cards like i straight up don't have the discipline like if you want to use credit cards by all means but like if you can do that responsibly i can't and just being able to say like i can't do that Mm -hmm. uh, has been like really freeing because i think a lot of people pretend Mm. that's so good it's almost like a drinker like the alcoholics they think they can have a few and be okay but that's not their track record. And I think what you're saying is so profound because you are making a statement based on your personal track record. It may mm-hmm. not be for everybody, yeah. but you're very clear like, okay, I, I'm not even going to play around with this it, mm-hmm. because it just doesn't work for me. Yeah. And I heard, I heard something else you said that we might really need to shine a light on. And that is that you just re-identified yourself. It's amazing the power mm-hmm. of what we call ourselves. Mm-hmm. And maybe not out loud, but even in our own mind. But sometimes we call ourselves and label ourselves out loud, verbally. I'm a shopper. I'm a yeah. spender. Mm-hmm. I, I am an obsessive, compulsive, da, 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 whatever it is. Instead, when you start saying, I'm a saver. Yeah. I'm a saver. And watch the power of just that proclamation of who you are. And what it does. And you just said that in your own words. You said, I used to call myself a shopper. Now I'm saying, no, mm-hmm. you yeah. are re-identifying yourself. I'm a saver. And so that to me, that's your future. You're now a saver. You're not a shopper anymore. You're going to shop when you want, but you're not going to mm-hmm. be compelled to shop. And you're going to be a saver. So um, what a difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, no, it feels really good. You're very young too. I mean, entering law school at 21 Mm-hmm. And to what you said about all the decisions that she had to make mm-hmm. at such a young age, I've always said, you know, financial planners are wasted on the rich, right? Mm-hmm. Instead, and you used to be a financial planner, mm-hmm. Ryan. Mm-hmm. So Ryan worked for Edward Jones for a long time and he was in that field. And to hear you say, like, I just, I didn't have anybody to run these things by. I think that's the biggest thing that life after debt and what we're doing with the clarity cause, what we want to provide is just direction. Mm-hmm. We just want to create a space for people to come with no shame or no guilt because Michelle, whether you realize it or not, even in your own circle where you are, as soon as you start sharing what you're doing, it creates a space for people to be more comfortable. Be like, well, I'm in debt and mm-hmm. I didn't want to say anything, but now that you've talked to me about it, like, what are you doing to get out? You know, yeah. and what we're doing is giving other people the freedom that they're so longing for mm-hmm. in, in getting rid of their credit card debt and saying, I'm a shopper, I can't use credit cards like you just mm-hmm. did. You know? Yeah. It's it's a gift. I can't be trusted with the credit with the credit limit. <laughs> well, I know I'm so thankful for your vulnerability. I'm thankful for your trust, first and foremost. I don't take it lightly. And I know for anyone, it would be scary to set a clarity call with a perfect stranger, even though you knew me <laughs> through Jackie, but we had never met. Yeah. Um, and be vulnerable like you did. And I want to commend you for that because it takes a lot. And I'm excited to see yeah. where you land. Yeah. And I wanted to say too, just like before um, we get off the call, like 
you were so nice. And I was so scared. Like I have never talked to you. Like you just said, I was so scared to share like everything that I wanted to talk about and needed to talk about. Mm. Um, But you had so much empathy and like understanding. And because like you had been there before, Mm -hmm. like you weren't like, Oh, this was dumb. You should have done this or whatever. Like you were just like, okay, like, this is the situation and we're going to move forward and like, here's your plan. And, and it was like a supportive, like financial mom, you know, like uh-huh. it was like, yeah. it was like that you can do this, like yeah. not, not a shameful, you know, um, I felt better after the call. I didn't feel worse. So if okay. anybody's considering doing it, you should do it. <laughs> well, I'm really excited. I get actually more excited about helping people in this than I do about, a lot of things. That's what's crazy is that I have lived through it and I feel it when people share, when you share it, I internalize and feel it because I've lived through it. We mm-hmm. have lived through what it's like to file bankruptcy and we're so committed to just just being a good listener and reminding people that, hey, we've been there and we've gone from bankrupt to black card in 10 years. You're going to do the exact same thing. I know mm-hmm. it. Um, mm-hmm. And it's okay. And we're going to get through it and we're here for yeah. you. So Thank you very much, Michelle. I'm so excited for you and so appreciate your trust and your support and you sharing with the world um, what you're walking through right now. And listen, we're going to have you back on when you're to the end of your program. Oh, exciting. Okay, so here's the challenge. So, like, I got to build up more wins. (laughs) Yeah, get more wins so you can share how you flipped your script. Yeah, I'm excited. All right, thank you so much to our listeners. If you want the freedom that Michelle has shared with you, I would encourage you, go on our website, reducemydebts.com. You can book a clarity call with myself, a real estate rundown if you want to get in the real estate game with Ryan, or even go to our business breakthrough sessions if you have ideas and just don't know where to start. We're here, and we want you to join and get on the same financial path to freedom that Michelle is on. So thank you guys so much.